from the North Devon coast to the Atlantic shores, from the tropical rainforests to the sunny Azores, from Icelandic wastelands to Australian deserts. This is Cauldron FM, where the magic really happens. Coming to an internet site near you very shortly is a brand new business, The Witch's Shop. It caters for everything a witch, pagan or druid could possibly need for any occasion. So to find us, visit www.the-witches-shop.co.uk or you could find us on Facebook. So remember, for everything you could possibly need in your witch's broom cupboard, visit the dash witches dash shop.co.uk Sometimes we need an extra pair of hands when looking after an elderly relative or we need a little help as we approach our twilight years. We specialise in providing a personal care service. Our experienced care team can provide assistance with bathing, shopping, meal preparation at reasonable and competitive rates. Please contact Alison on 01271 864 886. Candor Care, providing care in the community. Warm, comforting, and crafted with love. Old world style and grace, handmade to your specifications. Each item is truly unique and all handmade. If you are looking for something bold and showy, or something just like Grandma used to make, search Cozy Crochet and Crafts on Facebook. The Mrs Mop's range of chutneys and preserves includes traditional family recipes and our own creations using surprising new flavours in amazing combinations. All our chutneys are free from artificial preservatives and by always using the best locally sourced ingredients we are helping to maintain our local economy. Our range is continually growing and you can try them for yourself by booking one of our Come Taste With Me parties. You supply the wine and we'll even bring the crackers. To book a party, call us on 07581 735 769 or email admin at mrsmopschutneys.co.uk Oh, by the way, Mrs Mops Chutneys can now be bought from Nana Sue's on Ilfracombe High Street. Wish Upon a Star Weddings is a place where dreams come true. Our aim is to make your wedding day one of the most magical and memorable days of your life. We will assist in making your dreams into reality and make your special day as unique as you are. We create packages that are specifically designed for you and taking into account your budget, your day can be as modest or as lavish as you wish. You are in control. Choose venues from country mansions through to contemporary hotels with stunning views. Whatever you have in mind, we will be able to work with you to create something extra special. You can speak to Kim on 01271 862 944 or 07811 322 962 or you can email her at info at wishuponastarweddings.com. After an hour working out in the gym, I really enjoy nothing more than relaxing with a healing massage therapy. Karen Fergaline of Little Birds is a fully qualified, fully insured massage therapist. 
but you don't have to go to the gym to enjoy one of the Little Birds treatments. You can enjoy an individual massage, reflexology or aromatherapy sessions, or maybe you can host one of their pamper parties for you and a group of friends, or you can organise yourself a group therapy session. To contact Karen, give her a call on 07 Email her at littlebirdsmassage at gmail.com or visit her website at littlebirds-holistics.co.uk. We don't cut corners, we clean them, says it all. So if you want fresh clean carpets, give us a call on 07 530 630 001. The Carpet Fresh Man. Cauldron FM, the sound of magic. Merry meet to all, I am Raven Moonshadow, welcoming you to the premiere edition of The Nest on Cauldron FM. Today we'll be going over news and views pertinent to the pagan community. I have a book review and also an interview with the co-authors of the book Wicca, What's the Real Deal? Breaking Through the Misconceptions. First up, New Mexico Wiccan sentenced to 20 years for murder. So a self-proclaimed witch was given the maximum sentence for stabbing a man to death as part of a Wiccan ritual. That is the first sentence of an article on KOB News. The rest of this article mentions that the woman was afraid for her life that she was going to be raped. So she convinced her neighbor to have sex with her. Someone explained to me what that has to do with a Wiccan ritual, what it, you know, how this pertains to her religion. And who does that? Who invites someone over to their house for sex because they're afraid that that person's going to rape them? Honestly, if you want my personal opinion, I think that this was really done for Flash and to really grab the attention of people out there. Once again, this unfortunately puts pagans, all pagans, in a negative light. To me, it's incredibly disheartening when you see things like this in the news. It's never the good things. It's never what we're doing for the community. It always seems to be the hey, how can we garner the most attention? We know we'll just say that a witch, a Wiccan, a pagan, what have you, they've done something wrong. Now, honestly, in my own personal opinion, had this been a Christian, I highly doubt that the headlines would have read New Mexico Christian sentenced to 20 years for murder. Instead, it would have said New Mexico woman which is really the proper headline 
for this news article. Next up, the Air Force Academy, and this is some great news. The Air Force Academy is adapting to pagans, druids, witches, and Wiccans, according to an article that was published in the LA Times. The Air Force Academy recently dedicated an $80,000 outdoor worship center for the current and future cadets whose religions fall under the category of earth-based. Now this will include pagans, Wiccans, Druids, witches, and followers of Native American faiths. I think this is a fantastic step in the right direction and it's really nice to see the Air Force Academy spearheading something like this. Speaking as a veteran of the United States military, you know, we uphold a constitution and the First Amendment right given to us is a freedom of religion. And that's not freedom of religion for one specified religion, it's freedom of religion for all. There is a gentleman by the name of Chaplain Major Darren Duncan, who is a Christian, who runs the faith communities. He's the chief of cadet faith communities at the academy. And he has stated, we are here to accommodate all religions, period. And they are saying it's really not a case of the majority putting up with the minority, and even for them, it's a First Amendment issue. If the military is defending the Constitution, then they really should be upholding the guarantee for religious freedom to all of the military members as well. Fantastic step, like I said, in the right direction. They've apparently been fielding phone calls from West Point and Annapolis who also want to replicate the efforts of the Air Force Academy. Big kudos, I say, to the Air Force Academy. That's fantastic news, and we hope to hear more things like this in the future. Now, over on the BBC, there was an article published on the 2nd of December regarding Stonehenge possibly being lit up. The title read, Stonehenge Lit Up Will Make It Theme Park, Claims Druid. There was a woman by the name of Lady Mimi Packenham from Warminster who had sent in a letter to a national newspaper with the idea of illuminating Stonehenge in the evening. Senior Druid King Arthur Pendragon has stated that it will detract from the very purpose of Stonehenge. I couldn't agree more. He also made the comment that it would make Stonehenge like a theme park. In my personal opinion, Stonehenge is holy ground. Yes, I understand it's a large tourist attraction, but it's also holy ground and should be treated as such. It does not need to be illuminated. Now, they did go on to say later in the article that back in the 70s and in the early 80s, Stonehenge had been lit up at night for a period, and... They stopped the practice due to the increase in road accidents from vehicles slowing down to observe the monument. I say, let's keep it dark. When the sun goes down, 
and that needs to be the end of it. Why shine any more bright lights and cause for distracted drivers? I think we have enough of that with text messaging and talking on our cell phones. In other news, Selena Fox and Pamela Kelly have recently launched a new radio show called Pagan Warrior Radio. So it is hosted by the two of them and sponsored by Circle Sanctuary. It's a weekly broadcast airing on Tuesday nights from 9 until 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And the purpose behind it is to create community with military pagans and their families across the United States and around the world. For more information, go to www.circlesanctuary.org. Click on the link labeled Work and scroll down to choose the option for Military Ministries. Now, I wanted to talk to you about Wicca. What's the real deal? Breaking Through the Misconceptions. I will read a couple excerpts from the book. I will tell you this is a very comprehensive book for non-pagans. Now, I read this cover to cover. It's, you know, it's, it's a short book. It's a very easy read. It's 147 pages prior to the glossary of terms which go into great depth and explanation of words that are used on a daily basis within the pagan community. The book is set up in a myth and truth or true-false format. And from there it gives further explanation. It goes into greater depth rather than here's what people believe and here's the truth. It goes into greater depth. There is an incredible amount of research, as you can tell, that was done within the book. One of the myths is myth. To become a witch, the individual renounces his or her former, former religion and pledges allegiance to Satan. Truth. Wiccans do not believe in a devil. A person converting to Wicca renounces their former belief system by letting go of their previous beliefs to adopt the understandings of a new religion. As you can see, this myth is only partially true. First, since Wiccans do not believe in a devil, a person does not swear allegiance to Satan when becoming a witch. No one baptizes the individual in Satan's name if the individual desires to convert from one faith to another. Wiccan dedications and initiations differ from one tradition to another and from Christian rites. A person converting to Wicca renounces their former belief system by letting go of their previous beliefs to adopt the understandings of a new religion. The act of renouncing one's religion does not involve the defilement or intentional disrespect of the individual's former religious affiliations. While the practitioner is walking away from their former religious path, they are taking on a new belief system absent of any allegiance to Satan. Myth Tarot cards are evil and their use attracts evil spirits. Truth. Tarot cards, which are pieces of cardstock with symbolic pictures on them, are not inherently evil. There are many types of tarot decks, and while their symbolism and artwork may vary from one deck to another, tarot cards are not negative. The idea tarot cards are evil comes from the belief that using any form of divination goes against the laws established by God. 
Tarot cards are a divination tool used by the reader as a guide to point out upcoming obstacles and challenges. The cards, designed in Renaissance Italy, incorporate major Judeo-Christian and pagan symbols and themes. When messages are delivered through tarot cards, the reader is tapping into the higher consciousness or the divine, depending upon individual belief. For life guidance, the messages the cards offer are not set in stone, and the cards can be used as a decision-making guide since they offer information about what might happen if the reader remains on a certain course of action. Tarot cards can also give insight on how a person can make positive changes in their life. Meanwhile, the death card is not always indicative of a pending death, and the card is primarily a symbol of change, and the devil card is not about the devil. Rather, it's about the reader's excessive focus on the material plane, or it can represent an intense connection with creative forces. The media misuses the death card and the devil card often. This has also led to confusion about the nature the tarot, uh, of the tarot and its use. From another section of the book, we go into the discussion of religion and culture versus diagnosable illnesses. There's a large discussion on the difference between a mental illness and someone practicing their religion. It's also a section regarding teenagers and Wicca, children and Wicca. Like I said, this book is set up for the non-practitioner, someone who either knows very little or next or next to nothing about Wicca and is looking to educate themselves to be able to understand someone else better, be that a family member or a friend, a co-worker, or just to educate themselves, period, regarding one of the world's religions. I'm going to go ahead and play for you now the interview that I conducted with the three co-authors of this book. So I am speaking with the authors of Wicca, What's the Real Deal? Um, Dana Winters, Patricia Gardner, and Angela Kaufman. So can you guys, one of you, tell, me, uh, tell us a little bit about the book? Uh, Pat, you want me to take it? Yep. Uh, Wicca, What's the Real Deal? is a body of work that we decided to create in order to kind of funnel our frustrations into uh, something positive. Um, we've been Wiccan for a very long time. We've been Wiccan teachers for a number of years, and we've been approached by pagans and non-pagans alike about common and not-so-common questions about Wicca and Wiccan practitioners and who we are and what we do. And we wanted to put a body of work out there that really explained who we are, our traditions, kind of dispelled the misconceptions that a lot of people have. And we wanted to create a resource for people to turn to, whether they're pagan and they wanted, you know, a book that can help them explain their religion better, or whether they're non-pagan and they're just curious about, you know, what it is that Wiccans do. We wanted to give people a tool that they could use as a reference guide um, to learn about who we are. Fantastic. And so uh, I'm curious, and I'm sure the listeners will be curious, why another book dispelling the myths behind Wicca and witchcraft? Oh, that's easy. There's so many misconceptions even now. The questions we get, which you'll see in the book, we get asked these questions 
all the time. Yeah, so and there's a, there's a lot of, of misrepresentation of Wiccans in the media, on the Internet, um, in the news, um, and, and people walk away from these, these resources with a misconstrued you know, idea of who we are. Um, even now with resources that explain, you know, who we are. Um, and there are other books out there that serve as great resources. Unfortunately, people have a lot of misconceptions, so we thought that, you know, another book certainly could not hurt trying to, you know, spread the word of tolerance through education and, and opening people's minds. I think our book is unique, too, in a way that, like, there are a lot of books on Wicca, and I think the majority of what's out there is a book on how to become a Wiccan practitioner and woven into that book is, okay, well, this is not what we do and this is what we do and this is not what we do. But there are, there are actually only a few books out there that are really just like a, a comprehensive but also objective manual of information, fact, truth, fact, truth, real-life scenarios, explain the holidays, but not necessarily geared at converting someone or starting your own practice or coven but just like, you know, the yellow pages of Wicca. And I, I think that's where our book is a little bit on, on the more unique side. I mean, there are a few guides out there for family members or, you know, the truth about witchcraft and, and like a few historical accounts. But I don't think everybody, or I, I don't think all these books wrap all into one as concisely as, as we have, um, you know, the, the misinformation in a nutshell, what we actually do, just so you understand, not so you develop your own practice, and then some like uh, sections in the back that are more like realistic, day-to-day, -day modern scenarios involving some of these misinterpretations. And I think our our myth and truth, um, like like the other ladies were saying, you know, it spans a, a broad category. But we go into a lot of detail. It's not just like, no, we don't worship the devil. No, we don't do this. No, I mean, like, we go into the history, we go into word origin, we go into where some of these myths came from. And we were also very careful to be objective and not just make this about our way of practicing Wicca. We, we tried to get as many examples as possible so we could try to represent as, as much of a variety of what Wiccans do and don't do. Right, and I think we are also blessed because we, we have Angela who worked with us who's also uh, a skilled and experienced social worker. So we have a, an entire section in the book that's dedicated to separating um, what Wicca, Wicca is and, and the magical practices of witchcraft versus signs and symptoms of a mental illness, which I don't think I've ever seen in a book anywhere. I was, I was going to ask that, actually. I was going to touch on that because I noticed that in... Um it was the last chapter. You guys were talking about sanity and, and some people coming under the assumption that witches are, you know, or, or, or those that, you know, that refer to themselves as witches, you know, that they really believe they've, these people have lost touch with reality, yeah. um, you know, or that we have some type right. of mental disease. Right. Have yeah, you know, any of you may guys... may or may not say it outright. Some people kind of just insinuate it with their reaction alone that, you know, sure. you're a little out of touch with what's going on in reality. Uh, but that's not the case. And we make clear, you know, thanks to Angela and, and her experience, we make clear um, examples of the difference between what a mental illness would look like and, and, and what a Wiccan practitioner who believes in the reality of magic, you know, there's significant differences. Exactly. Have any of you ever come across somebody that, you know, that has really come under that assumption or, or giving oh, sure. you a look? Oh, yeah. Oh, sure, yeah. I mean, you know, some, some people in our lives just look at us askew, like you really believe in magic, you really believe spells work. You know, it, it's, it's 
you know, they don't come right out and say, well, what's wrong with you? But it's insinuated in the type of question and the way it's posed. And, and I, I think that, you know, we spend half of our lives trying to convince people we're not crazy. Or we're not ignorant. They also think that, you know, you have to be uneducated to believe what we believe, yet what they don't realize is we spend our whole life studying, so we're well-educated in the traditions of what we do. Right. I think there's this huge assumption that people who say they're witches, a lot of people are going, well, if you know magic, you, you, your life should be perfect. Well, no, not really. You know, right. Magic isn't here to cure the world's ills, and, and if that was the case, it would have been done already. Uh, right. You know, part of the human experience is suffering and, and going through, you know, everyday troubles that everybody experiences. But, you know, you, you learn to spiritually live and grow through them. That's what being human is all about. You know, but witchcraft, especially Wicca, Wicca is the spiritual side of things. And, and it, I, people look at us, you know, askew, like you find this spiritually fulfilling. Well, yes, we do. Exactly. No, we're not crazy. It's kind of funny to me, too, because if you look at, like, in my experience, different, different uh, cross-sections of life, I mean, some people do have that reaction of, oh, come on, you're so smart. How can you possibly be into this? But then also, um, as Dana mentioned, you know, I'm a social worker. I work with people who also are trained to counsel and, and recognize symptoms. And I found actually to a great degree, very fortunately these days, amongst my colleagues and in my profession, um, although I'm discreet, it usually comes out eventually. And I actually find a great deal of support. And, and you know, where I work now and where I've worked previously, a lot of my coworkers' reactions is, wow, that's so cool. I know somebody else who's Wiccan too. So it's not, it's not like you can even guess or say that it's across the board that everybody has this reaction. But it, it is kind of funny to see that, like, okay, people who spend their lives, um, you know, counseling people and studying human behavior and human psychology, not everybody in that category is quick to judge. Some are very accepting and some find it like, you know, really great and awesome and want to ask about it. And then, you know, somebody that you run into on the street or somebody that, you know, I, I always tell the story of the guy that I hired to clean my gutters who, you know, has the audacity to stand on my front lawn and, and try to um, save me from, from the obvious deception that I'm under from Satan and, and how can a nice person like me possibly get involved in something like that? And I'm just like, wow, there's something wrong with this interaction here. Right. So it's, it's not always predictable. Where It's not a matter of like who's educated or who's not educated or who's from what class or, or whatever. I mean, it's, it's very random where some of these negative reactions might come from. And then oh, I, I, I completely agree with you guys. Um, you know, I can tell you my family, ooh, that was, that was bad when I finally came out for myself. Yeah, so yeah. it was a point of inviting my family and saying, well, then why don't you come to the ceremony and I'll, you know, and I'll show you guys. And my dad completely changed his viewpoint. And That's went, great. Wow, That's you good. don't come under that dogma of, you know, of, you know, typical Catholic, which is that was how I was raised. So, um, so yeah, I, I can completely, you know, understand that viewpoint, you know, yeah. because I've and come I, across it all up. where it's either, woohoo, I knew it, or, you know, boy, you're nuts. But mm. see, that's what this book is all about, this way people with family members that they don't understand what it is that they're doing, they can read the book and understand it and realize that it's not something that's harmful. Right. Uh, right, I, I, and I noticed that the primary focus, which is, it's nice. It's different from the books on 
uh, on my shelf because it's not really directed at the Wiccan practitioner. It's directed at the people that they encounter. And, um, you know, I can say that was, I, I appreciated the way that that was set up because for me, there's things that I take for granted that, you know, that are, you know, that are listed in the book. And I take it for granted because I do it on a day-to-day basis. So it, to me, it's normal. And to somebody else looking at me, they have no clue. Exactly. So I, I did like the way that the primary focus was really set up for people that you encounter more than the Wiccan practitioner. But I'm going to ask you, I've read this book cover to cover, and I noticed the huge number of references you have in the back of the book. Mm-hmm. What was your greatest challenge in writing the book? Not overgeneralizing. It, it, there's so many different kinds of Wiccans and so many different practitioners and so many different beliefs. Even, you know, you know, though we share similarities and we, we follow the same tenets, you know, you've got people of different traditions that may or may not necessarily uh, believe or follow the same principles or rules. For example, um, you know, three or four years ago, if you had asked me, uh, you know, does a Wiccan use blood in their rights, I would have flat out said no way. Uh, but there are Wiccans who actually do use blood in their rites, and, and it's not necessarily sacrificing animals or people or anything like that, but there are people who do, and through our research we found that. So I think our biggest challenge was, um, you know, casting our side uh, our own preconceived notions and, and opening ourselves up to the idea, uh, relearning certain things that we may have assumed correct that were not necessarily correct. All right, so I'm curious, your ultimate hope, each of you, um, what's your ultimate hope for this book? Pat? To teach people that we're not what they think, that we're just like everybody else. We just see the world a little differently, and, you know, we just want to do our thing and be left alone. We don't want people attacking us. Yeah. Angela? Yeah, I I second that, and I, I would hope that this book becomes such an easy reference and and maybe even the first type of book that like, you know, hey, if I want to learn about what it's like to live in Brazil and I order a book to read about, you know, Brazilian culture and there's no stigma attached and there's no shame attached and and nobody's going to assume that I'm going to like take off and become Brazilian because I'm reading this. I hope that our book becomes that for, for Wicca. And so people, no matter what their background is, no matter what their own intention is, if they're just curious, if they just want to know, if they just want to, like, you know, have a little fun read that exposes them to another culture, that they can go to this book and that there's no shame, stigma, um, you know, secrecy attached to it, and it just becomes, like, an easy, open thing to talk about and and learn about now. Yeah, I I mean, I hope it becomes a tool that, you know, opens people's minds. And, you know, there's people that have fixed mindsets that will never change their perception of who and what we are. But, you know, if somebody's on that edge and they're curious and they, they, they either, you know, they're going to turn away and say Wiccans are evil or they're going to open up their minds and say, no, no, you know, they're really not. I would like the tool to be the catalyst that puts that person in the right mindset and teaches them exactly who we are and what we do. Wonderful. I'm curious from each of you, what is, what is the most misunderstood uh, Conception or misconception? What's you know what's what misconception? What's what's the most common misconception that you've come across in all the years that you've been practicing? Huh? That we worship the devil. 
Yeah. Comport with demons. Yeah. That's the most common. And and I think the second to that is that we're seduced by evil spirits and we're we're deluded about the path that we're on exactly. and that we need to be saved. And, yep. and you know, to but put it politely, we're not looking for salvation. That's not part of our spiritual path. Exactly. Yeah. It's very irritating when someone says, I'm going to pray for your soul because, you know, you're doing something so horrible that... Yeah, it suggests to you know, a person that they're on the wrong spiritual path. Yeah, I agree with that. I I think that's the overarching biggest one, but I also think like recently my biggest um, struggle that I experience is I'm seeing more and more people that have kind of gotten past the devil thing, except for maybe some folks that are kind of like more in the extreme mentality. But I noticed that there's, even among the people who accept that we don't worship the devil, there's kind of this undertone of just not taking our beliefs seriously as, as a religion or, you know, just kind of like, you know, okay, how cute. You'll grow out of that, right? <laughs> like a phase. Exactly. Right. Right, don't, call, don't put my religion and leg warmers in the same category, please, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Definitely not a fad that's coming in and going right. out anytime soon. Exactly. Now, you discussed teens and teenagers, you know, finding Wicca and, you know, wanting to practice advice for, you know, and any teenager out there who is exploring religion and, and looking at the path of, um, of Wicca and witchcraft. What advice do you have for them in dealing with their parents? Be totally honest with their parents and not hide anything. Uh, you know, to, to suggest, you know, to hide who you are and what you're interested in from your parents, even though Wicca is an entirely positive religion, if your parents find out you're hiding it, they're going to wonder why you're hiding it because they're going to think you're doing something wrong. Exactly. And, and, yeah, and they should honor their parents. I was just going to say that, yep. I'm in your head, Pat. They should <laughs> they should yeah, honor their parents. Are. Their parents don't want them practicing, you know, they'll, they'll be 18 soon enough and the goddess will wait. Yep. Yeah, and definitely, I mean, and I, I don't say this to put down practitioners of my own faith, but there are people out there who are not Wiccan, but who um, are, are predatory. So if you're a teenager and you want to learn and you think you found someone on the Internet or or somewhere in the world who, you know, has a few neat books or, you know, claims to, to be Wiccan or, or to be a teacher of Wicca, be extra, be so careful, be extra discerning, check references, don't go out looking into this on your own because, you know, unless you really know someone, there are predators who will wear any mask that they need to wear to lure someone. And because Wicca is so misunderstood, there is a potential for, you know, a young person to want to just soak up information from whatever source they can, and it may not be a reputable source, and it may not be a safe source. Exactly. exactly. All right. Well, I want to thank all of you, Pat, Angela, Dana, for uh, agreeing to do this interview uh, with me for Wicca, What's the Real Deal? Where can, where can anybody purchase your book? Um, it's available on Amazon.com. You can get it at BarnesandNoble.com. If you go to your local booksellers and it's not on the shelf, you can have you know request it and it can be ordered. You can also get it from SchifferBooks.com. Uh, it's published by Schiffer, and uh, you can go right to our website at www.trw. <laughs> yeah, I gotta think www.trw. 
www.bookmd.web.com, um, and you can look at the book trailer and, and order the book from there. All right, fantastic. Ladies, thank you so much. I, I greatly appreciate you taking the time out to, uh, to do this interview with me today, and uh, that wraps it up for us. All right, great. Thank have you. a great right, night. Thank you. Thanks. All right, thank you. You have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. Have a great night. All right, thanks. Blessed be. Bye-bye. Mary Part. That was the interview with co-authors Dana Winters, Patricia Gardner, and Angela Kaufman for the book Wicca, What's the Real Deal? Breaking Through the Misconceptions. That will wrap us up for this first edition of The Nest. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you have any questions, comments, or otherwise, please feel free to email me directly, raven.hps at hotmail.com. I should let you know that the views and opinions expressed here are solely my views and opinions and do not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of Cauldron FM, Cauldron TV, or their parent company, Moonshadow Media. I am going to leave you now with Symbol by Celia Ferran. Again, for Cauldron FM, Moonshadow Media, and Cauldron TV, I am Raven Moonshadow, wishing you love and light on your journey. Blessed be. An American soldier came home today Wrapped up as cargo in an American he asked for one sweet silent symbol on his grave But the vegan said, sorry son, request denied Well he served as any other with his hands and with his heart He prayed to Father Sky, he bowed down to Mother Earth He honored air and water and the fire he danced around you didn't honor him before you put him in the ground It's a symbol, it's a sign, it stands for everything divine Excuse me sir, I think you're wrong I checked him the last time I read the doctrine It said practicing your faith is not a crime So let this soldier rest, honor his request You sent that little girl crying home from school Told her she was evil and she disobeyed the rules You took away her pendant, grandmother's gift But the other kids are free to wear their crucifix And she knows that if you catch her that you'll have her expelled But her daddy is a lawyer, so get ready for the fight It's a symbol, it's a sign, it stands for everything divine Sorry sir, you're flat out wrong, I checked in the last time I read the doctrine It said practicing your faith is not a crime So if you make these children
let them do it their own way Freedom of speech, freedom of religion Freedom to stand up and fight for what we believe in He's a believer and he wears it on his arm First day new job is set off all of the alarms The memo spread like wildfire that the devil had arrived And the virus got to corporate and they fired him by five Now all this misperception and everyone runs scared Scared of the neighbors and scared to declare Cause the persecution's high, expelled or fired or denied So what the hell did our ancestors fight so hard for? Colgen FM. Colgen FM is a Moonshadow Media production. Yes, one take! <laughs>